0: All right, time to get the passport ready, get your luggage packed. Mm-hmm. Usually weeks ahead for some people. Sally Lucas, good afternoon. <laughs> good Talking afternoon, travel. You, I reckon you'd be someone that would be what packed the day before. You got it down. day to before. A, yep. Down to a fine art, the eh? Day
1: before. Everyone keeps asking me because we're going next week. Have you packed yet? I said, No. I haven't even got out what I'm thinking of taking
0: yet. <laughs> I might want to wear those clothes now and later. So exactly right. And then I might
1: need to wash them.
0: Exactly. Now, <laughs> uh, lots on the agenda for today. There so are. where are we heading?
1: Well, 1st we're gonna head to Europe or particularly to France and doing uh, a lovely... Accommodation that's just opened in a sleepy village of uh, Pouligny-Montrachet, which is in the heart of the Burgundy wine region. And what a beautiful region of France that is. Mm -hmm. This is uh, a company called Como and they take on lovely old buildings and restore them into boutique accommodation. So uh, they have a renowned Italian architect has transformed three heritage buildings that circle the village's scenic central square. And they call it Como-Le Montrachet. So it's only got 30, 30 rooms and suites in it as well. And they have this incredible restaurant there with, you know, a highly rated chef where you can have wonderful French delicatesses, delicacies rather, not delicatessens, delicacies. Well,
0: you you can, one one becomes the other, doesn't it really? Well, I I
1: guess it does. And you're very close to Bone, which is one of the most beautiful medieval cities. And according to the New York Times, they say that it's, the impossibly handsome city of Bone. And it is, it's a beautiful city with turrets and all sorts of things and you're close also to Dijon and Lyon so if you're wanting something really special maybe at the end of your stay have a few nights in this beautiful gorgeous buildings that looks absolutely delightful that might be something you'd like to do. Now train travel has become the thing in Europe now, they are discouraging air travel and there will be no air travel within Europe soon because of you know everything that's happening in, in the atmosphere and carbon emissions etc et they really
0: clearly done that we have different views on that I say I, I say the plane should be running um you're sort of like well it's happening so get used to it
1: yeah in effect but also as we've mentioned before mark you are inner city to inner city. We're not mm. worrying about some airports are a long way out these days and the cost that's of true. getting into town and all that sort of stuff. And Especially if it's your first time in a country where you don't speak the language I think it's it's nice to think you can land right in the city mm. and not have to worry about any of that. Anyway, there's one called the Santa Claus Express and you can imagine how lovely that would be and that's from Helsinki to Yemi It's 11 hours and 50 minutes so it's a long journey into the Arctic Circle and it runs year round. Uh, there's no snow from May to October but in midsummer at the the northern end of the route, you're going to witness 24-hour daylight. So that would be just an incredible picture outside your window.
0: Yeah. Now, a couple of things. Firstly, that kind of reminds me of that Tom Hanks movie, The Polar Express. That's so right. It jumped in my brain. Have you ever done any travelling in areas at that sort of time where it's Maybe not 24-hour daylight, but most of the day?
1: Only, not by train, no. Only by when I've been by vessel, like in Antarctica, and also when I did um, the Norwegian Hurtigruten coastal route. And then it's light, you know, extended hours. Uh, Particularly in Antarctica, you are virtually, the sun goes down and the moon comes up, and then it's just all all over again. It's all over again.
0: (laughs) The reason I ask, is that like a for those of us who don't experience that, I mean, if you live there, it's mm. your reality. But for the rest of us, is that something that you have to get your mind around that it's, it's 11 do. o'clock at night and it's still sunny?
1: You do. It's hard. Mm. It's really hard to adjust to that, actually. But, you know, people say here, like you, Mark, you don't like daylight savings. Well, I do. I love it. Yeah. And then if you're in Europe, you'd, you'd be, you've be you got it there for all summer until yeah. 10 o'clock at night.
0: True. Well, it's not the Sunday, like it's the moving of the
1: time. That's the, the movie. The it's, it's the getting problem. used to it. Anyway, talking trains, there is another new route by Austrian Airways, you've got me talking air now. Austrian Railways. It goes from Stuttgart through the Austrian Alps to Venice, and that takes twelve, just over twelve hours. So that's another one you can do now, and also. Uh, France actually cut the classic Paris knee sleeper back in 2017, but sacre bleu, it's back. So you can now do that as well, and it's a 12-hour, 34-minute journey, so you can arrive in the glistening Mediterranean about 7 in the morning and then get stuck into your croissants and dunk them in your coffee. So what more could you ask for? And they'll probably have a couple on the train. <laughs> probably as well. There's a Euro night from Berlin to Stockholm, which is uh, it's a Swedish sleeper fueled entirely by renewable energy so it's a pretty new one and it's just over 15 hours when you can tuck into shrimp sandwiches and watch the german countryside then you wake up to the wonderful verdant wonders of southern sweden so that's lovely the caledonian sleeper that's the uk one which goes from london to scotland and you can even take your pooches on that
0: oh sounds fantastic
1: and um so there's that one and then lastly but not leastly there is what they call a night jet but it's a train and that goes from Budapest to run by the Hungarian uh, railway system to Zurich and you go through you really traversing five countries in all. You're starting in Hungary, Austria, Germany, Liechtenstein, and you end up in Switzerland, in Zurich. And that, again, is just under 12 hours. So that's some of your wonderful overnight trains. If you're someone that either doesn't like flying or would just love to do it this way and arrive rested and at your destination.
0: Yeah, and like you said, I mean, like if you're on the ground and you're in one of those train journeys, it has got a lot to see. I mean, mm-hmm. you're not going to be bored. You're just going to enjoy everything at the ground level, eye level, and yeah, plenty yeah, happening. It's
1: a lovely way to travel. Really is, and these are all quality trains we're talking about too.
0: All right, so they're not sort of you know ones that are going to break down on you. They can just like Newcastle, Sydney. You mean? (laughs) All
1: right, (laughs) all over the place today. We are, we are all over the place today, and I just thought I'd take us into Egypt into Cairo in particular, um, where they've done some wonderful things with some beautiful old buildings and converted them to hotels. So one of them, it's uh, one of Egypt's most famous hotels, and it's right beside the gates to the Pyramids of Giza. And it was built as a hunting lodge in 1869 for Empress Eugenie. And um, it was built by a a Cairo-based English architect, and he expanded it actually into a hotel in 1887 from a hunting lodge. But it was the home of Egypt's first swimming pool,
0: is that right? And
1: writers and artists <laughs> included Arthur Conan Doyle, Charlie Chaplin, uh, where Churchill Roosevelt and Chiang Kai-shek signed the independence of the Korean Peninsula in 1943. So this is wonderful. It's called Cairo Marriott Menor House. Now, there's another one as well, and we have a little bit of an unusual place in the history of this uh, hotel on the side of the Nile. It's in an upmarket Cairo suburb of Zamalek. The original section is the Gazira Palace and um, it was uh, built in 1869 for Napoleon III and the Empress Eugenie before it was converted to a hotel in 1894. But in World War I it became the number two Australian general hospital after the wave of casualties were shipped there from Turkey to Cairo after the Battle of Gallipoli. So th- there you go. So there's And there's a quite a lot of them in Egypt that have mm. got, done these wonderful things of converting these original old buildings um, into lovely hotels that have got so much character and history about them as well as you really feel when you arrive that you are in Egypt you know what I mean and I think it's great where people or not people should I say companies do this in any city in the world where they make you feel like you've already arrived rather than just being in a glass long tall tower that could be anywhere. Well what we'll gets
0: your imagination moving doesn't it Sally when it you does. go to a I'm going to a part of the world that in conj- um, conjures up images of this, and if that is what is part of the, the architecture of your hotel, like you said, if it's yeah. just a, an ordinary building, I could be on the Gold Coast, so then you're thinking, Well, why have I spent all this money to come here? <laughs>
1: yeah, I know. You know, yeah, no. So, really, I, I'm, I'm really a firm believer in that for myself. And when I go anywhere, I like to stay either in small boutique hotels that have got character mm. or, or an old building like something like that. I don't go for the other modern. Establishments. But all that's hu- all, just me.
0: All that hunting lodge where you mentioned. Even with that part of so, yeah. this is so much history. These yeah, events that yeah. have happened here. People have stayed there, or did? Yeah,
1: yeah. It's fantastic. Now talking about fantastic. Uh, part of our country that really is fantastic and very untouched is the beauty of Arnhem Land. Um, now it's one of the few parts of Australia that was never settled by Europeans. So it really is an opportunity to get to know the Aboriginal people who've been living there in harmony with the land for more than 60,000 years. So you you start off on an itinerary that does this and they've got special permission from the landowners and the elders to operate this tour because obviously they're in you know sacred and spiritual areas for the Aboriginal people. So you start off with a welcome to country and different bush tucker walks etc you do And older artistic traditions are on display in the area's sacred sites. Mount Borrowdale, which is home to an extraordinary collection of rock art, produced over thousands of years, which is just wonderful. You also stay at these fantastic... They've got permission to build specific safari camps, elegant safari camps, like you're glamping, you're not camping um, That's the
0: only way to camp Sally Absolutely glamp. It's I would the only way. not
1: do it any other way um, Anyway, you, you explore the wonderful Arafura Swamp which is a wonderful wetlands which support an amazing amount of wildlife, large flocks of water, boor, water birds sorry, such as magpie, geese, egrets black-necked stork, and of course your wonderful brolgles which are just the most stunning and very shy bird, you're lucky to get to see them sometimes. Then on the Kobe Peninsula, you've got the Seven Spirit Bay Wilderness Camp. I stayed there many, many years ago and it did close for a while. It's had different owners, but thank God it is, you know, open again. Mm -hmm. It is just the most stunning peninsula. Of an afternoon, you'd have these huge rays coming, you just see them flapping on the edge of the water, coming in just to, to try and eat. But they were massive, you know. And of course, you see everything else up there like crocs, dugongs, dolphins. You can go fishing. I even Caught a shark, a small bronze whaler, let it go. Oh, I was about to say that's one less. But not <laughs> no, the no, case. I didn't do the wrong thing. But yeah, and then of course you go to the Barramundi Lodge and the floodplains there as well. And all these this journey that you're doing is restricted. It's small amount, and you're travelling in beautiful safari vehicles, boats, everything that's necessary to really let you immerse yourself in Arnhem Land. Mm. And if you have not gone or you want to go. It would be a wonderful itinerary to do that. I mean, I know some people can get through some of these areas by, you know, their own vehicle, but you wouldn't get get all this history and all this knowledge and get to see the art. Like, a lot of these are special places that you have to have permission to go to.
0: Well, again, if you're sort of going to any... I suppose it applies to any area, really. Mm. You get to know what is unique to that particular area, and it's the the old where the locals are. They're the ones that can give that information, knowledge to
1: you. Yeah, and you get the stories, mm. you know, the wonderful stories. I remember reading an article once of a journalist who did one of these style of journeys and sat down and listened to all the auntie's as they call a lot of the you know, female yeah. elders in the Aboriginal community, and she said she just sat there with tears streaming down her face at the end of some of these stories that she heard. She said, "I've never been so just blown away by what I was learning and listening." You know, so you you do get these special experiences that you wouldn't get otherwise. So. Just think about that. I think it would be something wonderful to do. I'd love to do it myself, actually.
0: Well, you can. There's no one stopping you. <laughs>
1: There's not. I just. My bucket list is too oh. long, and I just don't know how I'm going to fit it all in, Mark.
0: Well, you keep telling me I need to be on holidays. I and do. Now you, and now you've said, me oh, I possibly couldn't go on this place. I'll, I'll do it one day. Yeah, all right. That's what everyone says. Talking travel is how we kick off our Friday afternoons. Well, <laughs> after Dennis anyway, Sally. You've always got to play uh, you know, the main act to Dennis being the support act. What do you think? <laughs>
1: Well, I've been doing it longer than Dennis. <laughs> oh, there you go.
0: <laughs> you know what? He he won't be home yet, so he's probably heard that and he's raising his fist. He might be too. Uh, well, anyway, that's okay. Look, plenty of hot deals around as always. Yes. And uh, we've got plenty to talk about here.
1: Well, we're talking about Arnhem Land today um, and also next year. This is for next year. Of course, 2023 is really booked out uh, because Outback Spirit only takes 22 passengers, so it doesn't take long. Obviously, you can can understand for a tour to book out. But 2024 is now selling. And this is this Arnhem Land Wilderness Adventure I was talking about. It's 13 days from Cairns to Darwin, and it runs from May to September next year. Now, if you book by 30 September, which is giving you a nice long lead-in, you can save up to $6,000 per couple. So if you're thinking of doing this, that is a really fantastic offer. And as I said, it's all-inclusive. You're even getting all meals, beverages, like a glass of wine or a glass of champers at the end of the day, or sparkling, should I say. Um, you, or, of course, your accommodation at hotel lodge, safari camps, really authentic cultural activities with local guides. So you, you're going to do the Arafurus swamp by boat and you have open back four-wheel drives when you get to your destination but the main vehicle you're in for it is a Mercedes-Benz beautiful four-wheel drive coach.
0: Isn't it funny, you you don't sort of, there's two things you don't equate together, Mercedes-Benz and that type of touring.
1: No you don't do you but there you go and they do it really really well. Travel in (laughs) style. And sticking with that sort of part of the our country, um, the Red Centre and, and Kakadu and all those areas don't forget we've got that wonderful GAN and there's some really fantastic packages that have been put together with that now so it's not just the rail journey, of course you can just do the rail journey but there's a range of itineraries now and they do vary in duration depending on what you want to do one is just you're doing a tour out of Alice Springs, it does Kings Canyon, Uluru Katajuta, um, another one is doing that plus it's also doing Kakadu etc and combining the both or you Can just do a basic one, which just gives you like your your two nights. So, all of these have got lovely savings on them. So, again, if you get in early, it's until sold out basically. So, and they do sell out again. The rail sells out a long way ahead. So, we're looking about we're talking 2024 again. You'd be lucky to get a seat on anything in 2023 now, it's virtually gone, done and dusted. dusted. So these are all for next year, but some fabulous uh, packages on the GAN are available. Um, Now, also, they've got this wonderful circumnavigation of Australia that Viking Cruises is doing in 2025, on the 20th of January. It's a Grand Australia Circumnavigation, so really fantastic. Um, They've got I think it starts from now, The when I checked with them the other day, the leading price at the moment in a standard brand estate room. They've only got about nine left. So this is selling out. It's unbelievable when you think about it. So it's about 22000 Um But you've got to remember it is 32 days and you're going through... You get 15 guided tours included in this. It also includes Indonesia. So you're going from here all around up the coast, of course, sort of like Brisbane, Sundays, Townsville, Cairns, Darwin, up to Komodo Island and then across to Bali. Then you're coming back down to Geraldton, Perth, Busselton, Albany, Adelaide, Melbourne, Burnie, Eden, Sydney. So it's an incredible journey. and I know that lots of people just, uh, when these have come up before, they do book out a long way ahead because they don't come up all that often. So if you're interested in doing that circumnavigation, I would suggest you get in as soon as you can. Um, There are savings uh, on those at the moment as well, but as I said, not many left. If you want a deluxe veranda cabin, um, that starts um, from not much more than that as well, but it's only seven of those cabins left also. So, so we're talking small numbers on a lot of these, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, so you wouldn't think like something you know, you say well it's fairly expensive. Of course it is, but if you divide it by your thirty two days and work out what you're getting, mm. you know, it's all inclusive. So it's so it's amazing how far ahead these will book out because they are rare. They don't they don't happen every year. So.
0: Yeah. And, and while the big number is the big number, it's it's not the complete picture, is it?
1: No. And also a lot of people don't mind at the moment, we found anyway, in, in spending the money because they haven't spent it for the last three years. So that money that they might have done a trip every year has been put aside and now they can do something really special because a lot of people as they're getting older are thinking, well, I might not have many more travel years left in mm. me to do the bigger journeys or the longer journeys. So, you know, they're, they're quite happy to make this maybe their swan song or you know, be, be happy to spend that little bit extra.
0: And you sort of also multiply that with people from all over the world, everyone's having similar thoughts. So those yeah, have sort yeah. of, you know, add that to the, the amount. So the, hence, most of 2023's gone, we're looking for four, and, and as you say, even, even five.
1: So again, as we reiterate every week nearly, Mark, please get in as early as you can. It doesn't really mm. matter how early you start planning because that's the way you are going to get whatever the best available deal there is, the earlier you commence. Just remember, though, with airlines, they only have about 11 months ahead in their booking system. Like They can't have two Junes. Gotcha. So the airline booking system works that, you know, we can't get you an airfare like when says, oh, I want to book for 2025. No, we can't Mm. for airfares. Mm. You can on other things like tours and cruises and so on. Once the airfares are released, then we can give you the best available fare. So get in early, even if it is 11 months ahead. And, you know, obviously we'll try and get you the best fare possible.
0: So last point on that, Sally, quickly, apart from the reason maybe being that's how it always is, why don't they go more than that 12 months ahead?
1: It's just the way the computer is designed, I think. The airline booking system, because in our system too, it's it's not like when you go in, for example, you might go into Jetstar and then you might look at Virgin and then you might look at Qantas. We have all the airlines in one search engine. That's all, yeah. every airline in the world okay. is in type one in, search going engine. going from A
0: to B and then every, every option available will just drop in?
1: And that's, that's where a travel agent can help you because we're not, you know, scrolling through umpteen websites to get mm. you the best deal we just have one search engine and we can find all the airlines if you say i want to go from a to b we can pull that up and it'll tell us every airline that's operating that route how often it operates how many seats are left and the price structure that's available
0: and you get that extra insight from folks like sally lucas It's <laughs> always a pleasure sally <laughs> thank you mark talking travel back again next week